The following audio is from Gold Country Baptist Church in Shingle Springs, California. Visit gcb.church to find more resources and to learn about our church. Women of the Word, September 17th, 2023. Uh, Okay, so today we are going to talk about when to overlook an offense and when to confront friends. So it's a very, very interesting topic. Um, I'll pray, and then I have a question for you guys. Dear Lord, I thank you for another morning that you've given us, you've gifted us this day, that we can gather together and think about your word and think about how we can love each other as sisters in Christ and how we can restore one another to you. I pray that we would be challenged to think about how to um, overlook sins if we need to or confront if we're called to in that moment. And I pray that we would um, just strive to be better friends to one another, to help each other grow closer to you, and not selfishly, but um, just to really honor and glorify you. Please bless this time. Allow it to be clear and um, just honoring to you, Lord. In your name. Amen. Okay, so my question is um, you guys can talk about it a little bit. Do you think we're called more often to overlook an offense or to confront? Is it an offense? Towards the Bible? You or towards God? Just thought. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, towards, well, it could be either. We're, we're thinking about friendship, so a lot of times it's going to be against us, but it's ultimately against God, right? So. I feel like overlooked. Overlooked? Mm-hmm. Overlooked? Why? Blood covers multitude of sins. And the Bible tells us to forgive. Forgive. Yes, we will forgive. All right, so we'll dive in here. Um, so I was just thinking of like examples from my own life, and I thought of a childhood example, which is just kind of funny. I think I was probably in fifth grade. Um, and I remember being in a bedroom with two of my friends, and we were talking about somebody. I don't remember who it was. We were gossiping. And I remember my one friend, she, she telling us, she, she told us, guys, we shouldn't gossip. And I remember being so like, okay. Like, <laughs> so like, yes, you're so perfect. And it was totally, you know, my pride. Um, but just knowing, like, that was good. That was good. She confronted me right then and told us to stop. And it's funny because that friend, her name's Rachel, she actually shared this article with me that we're going to talk about today. So she is a faithful friend to today. Um, so I think we've all experienced times when we've been poorly confronted. But I hope you've also experienced sweet times when you've been confronted and convicted. And um, I know I've personally confronted friends poorly. Um, but I've also seen sweet times where um, it was really God-honoring and um, just encouraging to see what God was doing in their life. Um, so I think we all come to that point of like where you're thinking about your friendship and you're thinking about interaction or something you saw and you're like, do I say something? Do I not? What do I say? And is my heart in the right place? So um, we're going to talk about when to overlook an offense and when to confront. And there's good like parameters to think through. And I think it's really helpful. So first we're going to look at scripture. Um, we're going to look at Proverbs 19.11. Someone want to read that? 
A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Mm-hmm. So there we have the example example of overlooking offense. And then um, we're going to, I'll just read it one more time. Mine's ESV. Good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is, it is his glory to overlook an offense. And then we're going to look at Luke 17.3. I believe these are at the top of your page there, so you guys can have those references. I'll just read this one. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. So we're called to overlook, but we're also called to rebuke one another. And um, so first off, we're going to look at our motivation of why to overlook an offense. And you guys already talked about this, um, just forgiveness. And I was just thinking about the example of Christ. Um, you don't have to turn here, but once again, First Peter. I keep being brought to First Peter through all these studies, which is really sweet. So this is First Peter 2, 22 through 24, um, just thinking about Christ's example. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. So Christ, obviously he became the offense for us, but he also endured offenses from friends, from other people, and he quietly endured it. And he even said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Um, So we can look to Christ's example in that ultimately he was sacrificing that and overlooking those offenses and becoming our offense um, to God um, to bring us to God. So when we think um, to either overlook an offense or confront a friend, um, is our ultimate hope and goal to bring each other closer to God. That should be our thought process, not, oh, I was so offended, that made me mad, that made me feel uncomfortable, like I want justice or revenge, but just know, like, okay, is my goal to bring my sister, my friend, back to God. All right, so let's get into when to cover an offense. You have your first point there. When motivation cannot be easily discerned. <laughs> I might have so when um, what does this mean I'm just going to say one word assumptions so we can all assume a lot about each other and this can come from facial expressions body language can communicate a lot but it can also communicate very little if we have someone that's glaring at, a, at us across from the room, they could just have a really bad headache. <laughs> and we think, oh my goodness, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? Like, they're mad at me. What did I say? Um, or, in my case, a text where it's, you know, I think we talked about this last time, I need to talk to you. Or, I, I never like the dot, 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 like, yeah, dot, dot, dot. I'm like, oh, like, are you mad at me? <laughs> or, sure. Like, oh, do you not really want to, like, hang out? <laughs> so, we can all make many assumptions. Um, I'm 
one-word texture. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> and no, like, punctuation. I know, and I try to change because I know that people take it the wrong way, but it's not meant to be bad. <laughs> but if we assumed the best, then it wouldn't be taken bad. So how many of you guys assume the best of everyone all the time? <laughs> yeah, so we... <laughs> oh, okay. Exclamation point. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sure. Period. It's like oh. <laughs> That's a little bit better than a period. <laughs> okay. So we talked about this last week, but it just always brings me back to First Corinthians thirteen seven. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So the Greek for believe is to have faith or to entrust. So we are to have um, think the best of our friends and not just assume quickly what we think is going on when they look at a certain way or respond or don't respond um so we we need to first try to discern what's going on in our friend's life so um what are we basing our assumptions on typically our own how we respond to things typically mm-hmm. our past experiences mm-hmm. yeah and yeah it's true and our own sin. I know for me, it's like, oh, that's my sin struggle. So if you said that, you have to mean that. <laughs> because that's what I would mean if I said that. It was like, well, they could not struggle with that. So it might not be a sin for them. Also, what we value. Um, this can be good or bad. Um, if someone parents differently than us or chooses... I don't know, whatever, different vacations or something, or spending their money, and like we're like, oh, that's that's bad, that's sinful for them, and we're assuming that when it's like, well, no, they just may place value in different areas, and that's okay, and it's not sin for them. So, um, what we value can um, be a, a base for our assumptions as well. So we have to remember that we look at our assumptions, and before we speak to assess what's actually going on because we can further a conflict if we bring it up and we're like, hey, you are you did this and it's like, oh, like now this is an issue. <laughs> now this is sin between us. Um, so then we look at Ephesians 4, 29. It says, let no corrupting talk come from out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So making sure our our words aren't corrupted by our assumptions, um, but really considering your friend and wanting to draw out their intentions and in a loving way and not just like, you know, hounding them with questions, but (laughs) um, assuming the best of them. This is um, a quote from the article. I didn't bring the article. I meant to print it out for you guys, but... Um, this, it was a biblical counselor that wrote this article, and it says, If you are unsure of a person's motivations, seek to cover their offense with love wherever possible. Extend grace, wait with patience, pray for insight and understanding, and strive to love them as Christ does. And that really draws from 1 Corinthians, right? Of love is patient and kind, 
So we need to first turn to that. And then this is um, from a Desiring God article. As the gospel moves us from Satan's condemnation into the Spirit's conviction, we become more aware that we need the grace of God as much as anyone who sins against us. And there's tremendous joy associated with that kind of humility. We take less offense and extend more grace. We are more patient and less petty. We are getting better at waiting than whining. We are more realistic about life among ordinary sinners who, like us, love poorly and wiser about what to take seriously and what to completely ignore. (laughs) So as we continue to grow in our understanding of who God is, we're going to not be offended so quickly because we realize, okay, we're all sinners. (laughs) And is my offense actually my pride of like, oh, they shouldn't have treated me like that, or they shouldn't have said that, or they should do it my way, um, and I'm offended because you're not. So our second point is when other factors inform one's behavior. And does someone want to read Proverbs 18, 13? If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Mm-hmm. So what does this teach us in regards to overlooking an offense? I don't know, but by that verse I have it underlined and I go, something I often do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just think, well, isn't there, I don't, know, I don't think this is the same verse, I think it's another verse that talks about when you don't hear both sides. Mm-hmm. Like, I just mm-hmm. think of my kids, you know, mm-hmm. one of them comes running to me first, mm-hmm. and I'm a fool if I only listen to him and not listen to the other side, right? <laughs> And so I need to, I need to understand the situation better before mm-hmm. I make assumptions or assume yeah. the person's motives. Yeah, yeah. So maybe not it, react. What's that? Maybe not react. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to listen and really hear people out. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we're so quick to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we get in such a hurry we talk over to one another more often than not. You know, especially in family. Mm-hmm. Um, just to really hear them out and ask questions before, mm-hmm. we, before we think we know what's happening because mm-hmm. I think we can quickly think we know when we don't really know mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's funny thinking about like kids like one runs to you so they hit me and then you come and it's like no I was trying to do my hair get my clothes off so they like whacked you <laughs> you're like oh okay there's not a sin here it's an accident um, so, yeah, we need to patiently understand the person and their troubles before we jump to conclusions and confront them. So, what are some things that could influence someone's behavior? I put, yeah, two points there. So, um, when someone is dealing with a physical hurt or illness, that's number one. Or even just lack of sleep. Yeah. Exhaustion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what what would be some things that we could see from that, maybe? I have a, a list here, but if you guys have ideas. If someone, like, lack of sleep, physically hurt or ill. You're not eating the chronic pain. Yeah. yeah. But what, what are some things that we would, like, maybe be like, oh, I need to confront them on that. But being like, oh, wait, like, they actually. Like they're irritable or yeah. not patient. Maybe, maybe seem withdrawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pity parties. 
Mm-hmm. Being in a pity party. Mm-hmm. Maybe despair could be another word for that. I was thinking of just um, kind of similar to what you said of like lack of hospitality or not able to attend certain things at church and um, or not hold a conversation for very long or not hang out at church for very long afterwards. They might have to go home right away because they're not feeling well and um, just realizing like, okay, I, I need to not like jump on and be like, hey, why aren't you doing this or why aren't you coming to this? But just being like, oh, I, I want to like graciously figure out what's going on in their life and their way I can help them and to get back onto that path where they can be doing well. Um, I was gonna, I was thinking that we have a lot of invisible mm-hmm. ailments. Yeah, right? that's true. That you know, like we know we have for mm-hmm. ourselves. So I don't know why we assume other people don't yeah. have them. Yeah, and it makes it hard to do simple <laughs> things like socialize or for very long. Or maybe it's like I can talk to one person or I can be with one person and. Um, yeah, I um, I had a friend who, she's with the Lord now, and there was time where she's like, she was battling cancer, and she couldn't read scripture because her eyes were dried out from her treatment, and um, just realizing different ways to encourage her, of like, oh, maybe we can send her voice text, or the Dwell app was just coming out and messaging them, be like, can you release, like, Romans for her so she can listen to it? And they did, which was really sweet, um, but just not being like... I'm not reading the Bible. <laughs> well, and then, like I said, is, is there some way that I can help you? Mm-hmm. Versus just, I want to know why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Isn't it really a loving way to get to know somebody? Yeah. Is there a reason you want to get to know them? It's because you want to love them better, or you just want to know why they do what they mm-hmm. do? I think a lot of people ask questions just because they're curious and they want to know. Tell me, explain to me why you do what you do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's best way to get to know somebody. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely, like, accidentally asked some of those kind of questions, and they're like, oh, I guess, I guess that's not the question I wanted to ask her. <laughs> that wasn't helpful for her or me. Um, okay, so our second one is trials. And then, I mean, suffering kind of goes with both of them, but um, there can be severe trials in someone's life that um, the sin we can see from that is we see anger, impatience, bitterness, once again, despair. Um, and those things, um, we, we look at Job, obviously. We see Job's trials and we see his friends responding poorly to that, of rebuking him when they should have come alongside him, like family, right? And really encouraged him. So we have, um, let's see, I put that verse in there. Oh, yeah, so First Peter, I wrote this down, 122. Just thinking about coming alongside someone like family. It says, having purified your souls by your obedience. Oh, this is what we talked about last week. <coughs> um, for sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So we talked about that last week. That's how we can act like family to our friends that are really in a deep trial and not expecting them to be perfect in that trial. And um, I, I know, once again, thinking about that friend of mine, I remember being in the hospital with her, and there was a moment where... Um, she was just in severe pain and really just so overcome by the, the pain and, you know, just the suffering, the long suffering she'd been in that she was really in despair. And there was a moment of just, like, crying together, but then praying and ended up, like, singing in the end. And it was just so beautiful of, like, wow, this is God, like, working in her and her severe child. It wasn't perfect. She didn't suffer perfectly, but it, she wanted to be perfectly suffering for the Lord and to come alongside her and see that beautiful... Um, 
that beauty of being a family together in Christ and um, lifting burdens. And that's the second part is bearing burdens. <clears throat> so Galatians six two, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And then encourage them. Um, this is First Thessalonians five eleven. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. And then I have, um, as we're looking at, um, at the two ways to overlook an offense, what is our ultimate motivation? We kind of already talked about this. Ultimately, we want to glorify God, right? And we don't want to be easily offended. So we think about that Proverbs 19.11 again, where it says, um, good sense makes one slow to anger. So I think it's showing that as we, if we take offense too easily, we're quick to anger, right? Those go together. So if we are quick to be offended, we're quick to be angry. So we need to take care of that sin, <laughs> that log in our eye of anger, and um, realize, like, okay, am I being slow to be angry or am I easily offended? Um, and then another motivation is, I already said this, carrying our sister's burdens. And um, I, I also love this passage, 1 Thessalonians 5.14. There's so many verses, so sorry. It says, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. So that verse really walks through different ways that we can either... Um, overlook an offense or we do need to confront sometimes like admonish the idol but we need to encourage the faint-hearted so we need to make sure we understand where our friend is at before we speak to them um let's see so overlooking an offense is not i have points there it's not growing bitter or holding a grudge against that friend so i think sometimes we can fool ourselves into thinking we're overlooking an offense when really we're just holding it in and not talking to them about it and we're just growing bitter and um, so we need to fully submit that to the Lord and say God that was hurtful that I felt neglected or whatever it is but I want to really give it up to you because I know this friend is really (coughs) suffering or doesn't have the ability to pour back into me right now or whatever it is that we need to really make sure we're giving that up to the Lord. Because um, we can, you can hear those, you've heard those, maybe you've said it yourself, the friendships are like, yeah, we just suddenly grew apart, I don't know why. And it's like, well, actually, there were some issues there, and I just didn't want to deal with them. Some friendships, that might, it might be totally fine that it's grew apart, but I think sometimes it's, it's that bitterness and um, a grudge we hold against each other. Also, it's not gossiping, right? So we don't... Um, we don't look at our friend and think we're overlooking and then go to someone else and be like, man, they just really, like, struggle with doing this or that. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, we shouldn't be sharing that with someone else. If we overlook the offense, it should be out of our minds. We shouldn't be angry about it. If we need wisdom, that's, there's, you know, a fine line with that of, like, should I say something? Should I not? Um, but making sure we're not just making it about um, gossiping and getting information. I know we've talked about this, like, getting more information from other people. Have you experienced this? <coughs> that's gossip um, this is from that book I didn't bring it this week the book we've talked about the last couple of weeks um, it's by uh, David Watson who says this genuine French fellowship comes when Christians stop relating to one another as righteous saints and accept one another as unrighteous sinners 
just like that. It's like the, the reality is that we are sinners and we're going to be offended by one another and um, and we need to give it up to God. They're like, okay, Lord, I want to trust that to you in your hands. Um, okay, so then let's move on to confrontation. Okay, what do you guys think the goal of confrontation is? Restoration. Restoration with who or what or what does that mean? God and man. God and man. Like towards like I mean vertically if we need to and then horizontally with yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we um reminding each other that we're a new creation. And we have hope to grow. And these, I have, I think I wrote them to the side. Yeah, these verses to the side there. Does someone want to read Matthew 18, 15? Was that the answer, restoration? Yes, the goal is restoration, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. Yeah. And then Second Corinthians five seventeen through twenty one. Does anyone want to read that? This one's just a very encouraging passage. Second Corinthians five seventeen through twenty one. I have it. Okay. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God, making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it just gives us a very humble mindset of that we are all um, a new creation. And like I said, we have hope to change. So as we think about coming to a friend with confrontation, come with hope too, and come with. Um, humility that we all needed to become new creation, right? We were not perfect, um, and uh, yeah, that humility is, is really sweet and really um, vital. The last one I'll read Colossians 1:28. <clears throat> Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So we are looking out for each other to help each other grow and be mature. All right, so when the first uh, first point, when to lovingly confront, when the sinfulness of one's behavior is clear. So obviously when sin is clear, we want to lovingly help the person understand their behavior and repent and be reconciled to God. And we see from Proverbs 27, 5 through 6, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. So we want to be a faithful friend to say things that are hard, even though 
They can be hurtful and might not be received well right away, but um, we can trust that they have the Holy Spirit in them to work and convict. Um, So what would be um, clearly discerned as sinful? So these are your blanks here. A threat to a person's Christian witness or those that pose a risk to unity among believers. So these things would be gossip, slander, we talked last week, division, which slander and gossip make division, hateful speech, drunkenness, sexual sin, and other significant impactful sin. So those are very um, clear sins that we see in someone's life. And if we've looked through the other, like, what are they struggling in? Why are they saying this? Um, But those are very clear sins. Um, And we see Hebrews 3, 12 through 14, um, says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So this is the heart you want to have as you confront a friend on these sins, is that we don't want them to fall away from God, right? Um, We want to exhort everyone daily so we're not hardened by sin, because we all see that deceitfulness creep in every day of... um, Whatever we're struggling in, we, we are easily deceived, and so we need each other as friends to point to truth consistently. Okay, next is when a pattern emerges. Emerges? Emerges. Emerges, yeah. Do you guys have any other thoughts of what that would be besides the ones we've already listed? Since <laughs> pattern you could see in someone's life. Well, maybe a pattern with their their speech or a pattern with their marriage or Mm -hmm. maybe the way that they speak to their children or Mm -hmm. that maybe you see is not building them up Mm -hmm. Um, or or maybe a way that you, I don't know, the same thing, like maybe with their husbands or what have something that could benefit them Mm -hmm. to maybe just tweak the way that they're saying something so it's more respectful Mm -hmm. or what have. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Sometimes when our patterns are set in, it's really hard for us to see because it's become normal for us. Mm-hmm. And so it's helpful for our friends to say, hey, what if you consider this? Yeah. Or patterns we know they're there, <laughs> but we have no idea how to fix them. Yeah. Like, I have to talk to Jamie. <laughs> They'd be like, I don't know how to do this. How do I do this? Because it's like, I know this is a pattern, and I need help in my parenting. And yeah. she gave me good good advice that it's just like that's that's so helpful to and give practical advice yes yeah something that was hard for me is a lot of times moms would say oh that's normal behavior for your child Mm -hmm. great good to know but how (laughs) yeah this pattern they're a normal sinner yes (laughs) (laughs) but i mean it's it's helpful to know that their pattern is normal yeah you know that like they're not the exception for Mm -hmm. a five-year-old you know Mm -hmm. but I'm what so angry, or I'm still, yeah. That I can do to help him and yeah. me, or I have all him. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To help us through that so we can get out of this cycle of mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I think, too, that question makes me think about, um, like, the book Respectable Sins, mm-hmm. the things that we tolerate in our own lives or we tolerate in you know, our friends' lives. But when we see a pattern, you know, either in our own life or someone else, it's good to say something. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I also thought of um, being discontent can be a pattern we see in a friend or mm-hmm. complaining, mm-hmm. Um, grumbling, complaining, um, or anger. And even yeah. just not being in the word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I think we all have seasons where we're maybe more in the word than not, but. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's your pattern to go yeah. back to not being in the word, then mm-hmm. it's an easy one to pick back up. Yeah. How would you confront someone with that? Well, usually, like, if they're like, I'm struggling with all these things, it's like, well, are you in the word? Mm-hmm. That's the first question, right? Yeah. So um, if they're like, no, not really, well, what did that look like in the past mm-hmm. for you to be in the word? You know, and then if it's like, well, it's always been a struggle, it's like, okay, let's just start mm-hmm. with maybe trying to get a regular pattern of mm-hmm. daily something mm-hmm. coming in yeah because um, we know that his word will like cover all these things right mm-hmm. if we're being changed by the word so yeah. Um, but yeah it's a hard discipline mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Cool. so then we have Galatians 6 1 that's the side um says if anyone is caught if anyone is caught in any trans if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in the spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves lest you too be tempted. This is that second part is so important because we can often fall, especially if we're really walking alongside a friend for a long period of time, I think, with um, something they're struggling with. Um, it can be easy. I know I've seen it in my own heart, like, to either fall into the same temptation that they're, you know, complaining or whatever it is, or I could be prideful and sin in that way of, like, oh, I'm so good at this. <laughs> Why are they struggling with this? And then, you know, a year later, you struggle with the same thing. <laughs> um, so... We need to make sure um, our heart isn't sinning in the process of helping our sister. And I love that. In the spirit of gentleness, um, it's not to um, make sure they see the right. <laughs> you know, But to trust, once again, the Holy Spirit moves in them. And as I'm sharing scripture, it's, that is what's going to convict them and help them. And that spirit of gentleness is such a sweet, sweet reminder. There's also the verse in Matthew, somebody will know exactly where it is, that talks about the importance of taking the beam or the yeah. log out yeah. of our own eye before we consider to take the speck mm-hmm. out of somebody else's eye. So that kind of goes along with yeah. you who are spiritual. Mm. It yeah. fits into that category. Yeah. Are you spiritual at this moment? <laughs> are you responding in your flesh? That's good. Um, okay, so the third point is when the person's behavior damages your relationship which is tricky because I think we have to once again go back to the offense you know overlooking offense is this me being too sensitive is this something they're struggling with that I could help them or is this really um, damaging our relationship Um, so let's see if you are unsure of another's intentions but you've been hurt it may be best to discuss the circumstance with the other person so there can be peace. And we know Romans 12:18 says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So we, how would we do that? If we're, um, you know, if the relationship seems damaged and we want to figure out what's going on, 
what it, how do we go about that? <laughs> sometimes it's good to stop always. Sometimes it's very clear what is happening. But sometimes when it's unclear, <coughs> I think that it's good to assume that maybe you could have potentially offended them mm-hmm. and um, maybe apologize or ask for forgiveness or just say, hey, did I, you know, offend you or do something that might have hurt your feelings or what have. Mm-hmm. Um, because oftentimes it, it is, some, you know, sometimes both ways. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's always, and it's always, I think it's a position of humility to start mm-hmm. that way as well. Mm-hmm. To assume that maybe you were off, mm-hmm. you know. And I think when you start from that position, <coughs> um, it lends to a better conversation as well. And people are more receptive. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes go that route yeah. and I find it very helpful mm-hmm. because a lot of times their guard is down mm-hmm. and they're not as and they're just easier to talk to and and then they're also more willing I find to consider their partner as well mm-hmm. and you start with your partner yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <coughs> anyone else have any advice on how to go about that Yeah, that's really good. And and I think that we can also bring in those first two points on overlooking. We can ask those questions like you know, is there anything going on in your life that's hard, that's affecting this? Um, you know, is there something you know, that you want to talk about? And um, just figuring out what what is going on in their life that may be affecting your relationship. So we want to approach with humility once again and a desire to reconcile. Um, and pray together. I think that sometimes, too, like, if you both feel that, of, like, oh, yeah, this relationship, there's something wrong, like, getting together and be like, can we just pray together first and, like, have a conversation? Because it seems like there's things going on, and I know some things, but I don't know it all, and so let's just bring it to the Lord first and pray. And I've seen that be really sweet and um, reconciling as well. So the last one is when the person's behavior is harming themselves or others. So we have, you know, the obvious addiction, substance abuse, abusive patterns or oppression, self-harm, and other situations that hurt them or others. So we our next passage is James five nineteen through twenty. There's so many. There's so many that are so similar. It's amazing. Um, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And this, this really, I've, I've seen this played out in a relationship that Corey had with a brother in Christ, and it was just so beautiful. And he actually told Corey later this verse of, like, this was what you did for me. And it was a long time of, of confronting and having him wander, but just seeing, like, wow, like, he's, he saw that. And you just, the beauty of 
working through conversation with people is that we want them to be back with Christ and cover the multitude of sins that you see them doing and you don't want that for them and your heart does hurt for them so make sure it is it shows in your confrontation that your heart does long for them to be well with the Lord and um, I think these patterns of um, you know addiction and all of those things can be uh, a longer term um, I mean they all are our sin, <laughs> our sin sticks with us for our life until we see Christ so um, but these, these ones can be very very tricky to work through so how what are steps we can take to prepare to confront a friend I have points but you guys can share things too uh, what do you think Prayer. Yes, that was my number one. <laughs> <laughs> oftentimes, I, you know, sometimes we feel like we can see something so clearly in our head, mm-hmm. and it's not oftentimes always what we think it is. And so praying, and then I think it just calms me down too, because sometimes, mm-hmm. like, I'm naturally more full, mm-hmm. and so I need to calm down. <laughs> and <laughs> like bulldoze someone Mm -hmm. and so um usually if I pray then I can I end up approaching it much differently Mm -hmm. like that's just the Holy Spirit working in me Mm -hmm. so it comes off a lot better Mm -hmm. I pray yeah (laughs) and thinking about what Maureen said um with the passage in Matthew I didn't write that one down but yeah when we take the log out of our own eye I have that as an error number two is repent of any sin in your own heart about the situation so I think most of these situations at least for my own heart I, I know I am struggling because I've been hurt or um, I think my way is the best way <laughs> of doing something and it might not be sin for them like we said earlier and um, so I, I need to kind of pride of anger and really make sure my heart is in the right place to talk to my friend I have to okay all right (laughs) (laughs) yes Matthew 7 verse 3 through 5 do you want to read it sure well, you have to kind of start the context in verse 1. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the same way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Mm-hmm. Hard to do. Very <laughs> convicting. Yeah. It's hard because I, yeah, I know my heart can be just so angry and so hurt, and I want revenge or I want them to be convicted right away of the sin they've done against me. And it's like, okay, that's. That's the log. <laughs> you need to get rid of that and make sure it might take a week or two until my heart is actually in the right place to talk about that. And by that time, it might be an offense I need to overlook. <laughs> but it might also, I have seen that God through prayer just bring, and I think we've talked about this, sweet times of just a gentle confrontation 
that's come up weeks later where my heart is in a better place and it's come up naturally and been something that's so beautiful and totally of the Lord and not of me um, pushing my own way into this person's life and conviction, but still confrontation and still conviction coming out of that. So um, the third one, do you guys think of anything else that we should do in preparing yeah, I was just going to say the story that you shared about Corey with his friend. Like, mm-hmm. That's really good for us to be mindful of. There may not be an immediate response. Mm-hmm. It may take a while. Mm-hmm. And so if we've, if we've prayed and mm-hmm. we know that we're really approaching in a spirit of gentleness mm-hmm. with the right motive, we won't have that need or demand. We won't put a demand on them for repentance. Mm-hmm. We'll just try and lead them gently to the cross mm-hmm. and let the Lord do the work. It's mm-hmm. his work mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he uses us, but it's not, like, I can't force someone to repent, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I do need to guard my own heart, mm-hmm. and like you said, it may take a week or two for me to be ready to go to someone mm-hmm. if it's been a serious yeah. offense, mm-hmm. um, and I've had that before, and it was really hard waiting, but it was right, and the Lord totally confirmed it when mm-hmm. I had the conversation, like, it was so much sweeter mm-hmm. than it would have been yeah. if I would have gone with that first yeah. fresh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, you know, sometimes we need to just be still and know that He is God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust Him more. Yeah. There's been some moments too where I've, or, yeah, where I've been forced that I had to wait to talk to this person, and I'm someone that like wants to like fix it right away. Like I want everything to be good. Let's fix it. And I mm-hmm. couldn't for like two months, and I was just like, oh, this is so hard. But it was it was really good, and God worked in that too. Where it was just. I yeah I was like wanting to push my own way of fixing it and getting all better but it was just getting more worse and worse and it's like okay we just need to wait and it was just sweet to see God working that part of that too is getting into His Word and yes. seeing what yes. does God's Word say about this mm-hmm. what is He saying to me and mm-hmm. as part of the prayer seeking wisdom for what is God's timing is it me mm-hmm. am I supposed to be the one to go or am I praying for whatever and when is the timing like Tara just said Mm -hmm. so it's a combination of those things that can come out through prayer and then studying God's word yeah that was my number three so the Ah. scripture you could share (laughs) or for yourself you know look at scripture for yourself make sure you're assessing your own sin and then that you can share with a friend because we don't want to be just pushing our our, um, values on someone but making sure it's biblical because yeah, our opinion does not matter. Yeah. If it does not line up mm-hmm. with scripture. Yeah. yeah. And if we can't line it up with scripture, we should not be doing the confrontation. Yeah. Um, when we were at the biblical counseling conference this weekend, the host started off with um, Isaiah 8, sorry, 55. Isaiah 55 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, mm-hmm. neither are your ways my ways, declare the Lord. Um, and then he backed it up and he said, where is that coming from? And he said, Seek the Lord, so verse 6. While he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, he will abundantly pardon. And so why can't he abundantly pardon, even though we are wicked, you know, um, in our natural state? Because his thoughts are not Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just the reason why he brought that up is because our job isn't to fix people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that just pertained to what you were just talking about um, because oftentimes that's what we want to do. And so we can, like you were talking about with a friend, 
we can hold them with our hands open uh, because they're the Lord and we can wait on him and his timing and not our timing mm-hmm. um, yeah that's a good place for us to be mm-hmm. sometimes we can see so clearly what is better for them mm-hmm. and it's like oh, aren't you doing this? Mm-hmm. like I can just see like if you read your Bible more mm-hmm. or if you attend church or if you you know build community like your whole life would be different mm-hmm. but it's not our timing you know mm-hmm. it's his timing and he has reasons for that and yeah. why they're not turning at that time so we're seeing what we're seeing yeah so we're not the Holy Spirit yeah or or their savior yeah and that's something I always have to remind myself is that I'm not their savior Christ is and I'm I'm going to be faithful to confront if it's needed and just watch what God can do and um, so um yeah, just, and the last one was approach your friend with humility and lots of prayer again. <laughs> um, praying before you get together, um, you know, and even if it's not even planned, like, oh, I'm going to confront them today while we're hanging out. It's just praying, like, Lord, if you will, it, like, bring it up in, in while we're hanging out today. Um, and that it would be sweet um, and convicting and encouraging for both of us. So just always, in any situation where we're hanging out with friends, we should just be praying beforehand <laughs> so we don't offend each other. <laughs> we don't sin against each other. Um, <clears throat> so I think there are times when we are um, when we are humbly and continuously walking with the Lord. I know that confrontation doesn't have to be a big deal. It can come up easily and casually in conversations, too. And I know, like, I have that in my relationship with you. Just like, oh, like, you know, maybe you should do this. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. Like, and that doesn't, you know, that doesn't have to be like. Enough to sit her down. Sit down, <laughs> yeah, let's be serious, you know. It's but like, you were asking questions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but still, like, I know there's still other times where it's, yeah, it's good. It's, it's good. It can kind of take you off guard sometimes. You're like, oh, like, oh, yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> I needed to hear that, and I need that. Um, I think that's a really good point. Like, if we're asking close friends, we're going to save our sisters from having to come yes. and, like, uncomfortably <laughs> confront us because yeah. we're asking. Yeah. What are you seeing that yeah. I'm not seeing? And mm-hmm. have a humble heart. So, like, you obviously had a teachable heart to hear it because it was a casual conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be this, like, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. if we're asking. Yeah. And if we're walking in the truth, too. So, um, let's finish up and see if I had, um, oh, for you guys to talk about as you leave, just think about again, like, do you think we're more often called to overlook or confront? I think it's a good, it's kind of fun to talk about. (laughs) And just think about ways that we can encourage each other to um, ask each other questions so that these don't have to be as big of a deal, that we are constantly um, not being deceived by sinfulness, but helping each other. All right, so let's pray. And good morning. Dear Lord, I thank you again for this time to be able to um, look at how much scripture you've given us um, to see how we can love each other, but also point each other to truth. And I pray that we would be, once again, faithful friends and sisters to humbly and lov- lovingly point each other to you and the the beauty of the gospel, that we are all sinners, um, that you call saints, Lord, through Christ's sacrifice, that he took um, the ultimate insults and um, sin against him in order for us to be reconciled to you. And so I pray that we would long for that for our friends, that there would be a beauty in a relationship with you first, 
and as we see each other grow, that our relationships would grow deeper and we would have deeper friendships that are honoring to you. Please bless the rest of this morning. Allow it to um, encourage our hearts and encourage others as well. In your name, amen.